0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. So good to see you. Uh, My wife would love to have been here as well. She sends her love and a big hello. We just had our uh, son, who's now 30. We call him our little boy. He's about six foot two and but uh, And his wife, they just had a little newborn baby living in Victoria. So we, uh, it was the first time I got to see the new grandson, number four. Not yeah, with our daughter as well. But uh, so anyway, Lynn's spending some time with the little grandson. And uh, so as I said, she would have loved to have been here. It is good to um, see you this morning. I tell you what, I was just uh, just thinking about message for this morning, not, not just then, I mean I did sort of think about it prior to that, just in case you were wondering, but uh, I thought how much our, our world needs God. Yeah. Our world so desperately needs God. And I just want to share just a, a simple, um, but I trust something that will encourage you, uh, just in your own walk. Um, in fact I only just got a text, uh, people getting all kinds of reports, um, all you know over the Uh, the the world but uh, it's now it's obviously very local it's finally hit Queensland in a very big way Um, Victoria New South Wales I live in New South Wales um, so pray for us over the other side of the border there but uh, it's it's rocking everybody and I just got a text then a a couple who uh, I was meant to marry some uh, almost a year ago but COVID prevented that Um, they, they couldn't go ahead so, uh, and then I couldn't get across the border. So they ended up getting married with just the two of them and a couple of witnesses. But they wanted to reaffirm their wedding vows uh, tomorrow. And, um, but they've just been told that they can't do that because COVID has affected not only them, but other people as well. So people are getting all kinds of, uh, you know, dealing with, with reports and, and the stuff that is going on. But I, I just wanted to um, just point us back this morning to something that I trust will encourage you. Um, and I'm on this journey myself. I'll be really frank and honest with you. I'm on this journey of uh, needing to rediscover um, what, what really God is wanting within each of us and what he wants to do within each of us. And uh, I love all the names. I was only just contemplating the different names of God. And we've got, um, you know, Je- Jehovah Jireh, our provider, we definitely need to know that God provides for us and they're usually attached, God's nature is usually attached to some kind of miracle, which is wonderful. Jehovah Rapha, he's our healer. Our world right now needs desperate healing. Um, Jehovah Shalom, I'll tell you, our world really needs peace. So these are all names, they're titles. In fact, the theologians say that there's hundreds of names and titles that you can, you can reflect upon just to get a glimpse of different facets of the nature of God. But there's one this morning that I really want to uh, just point us to, if we could do that. Um, just give me one moment, have, uh, have a sip, turn to your neighbour and just say, um, I'm glad you're here today. really glad to see you today. There's one here, because we're we're told that he's, uh, you know, the way, the truth, the life. And as I say, there's hundreds of titles. But there's one, it was prophesied back in the Old Testament. Uh, We're talking, you know, thousands of years ago now. And then in Matthew uh, chapter 1 and verse 23, it's the fulfillment of that prophetic word. And here it is. Uh, Let me read it. Behold, a virgin will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. Uh, I, I'm praying right from this point that we would walk out of here this morning. Just a few moments time, but we'll walk out of here with a, a personal sense of God with me. Um, in fact, the more I thought about this, I, I just think it could be one of the, one of the most powerful names attributed to God. It's one of the most powerful. When you think of it, many of the miracles, and we think of Jehovah at Jireh, our provider, when you get to heaven, you're not going to need God to be dealing with your lack problems. You won't have any lack problems. So many of the promises are actually attached to this life on earth. But there are some traits, particularly this one that we're talking about, Emmanuel, which means God with us, that has an eternal ring to it. So can we just pray for one moment? Because I, I, just, I just want this to resonate with each one of us. Father, we just thank you. You've come to speak to us this morning, to encourage us this morning, that in the middle of a global pandemic, you're reminding us that you are with us. You haven't forsaken us. You haven't lost control, but you are with us. Help each one of us, Lord, to walk out of here with a personalized, Emmanuel experience. Now, of course, we're talking about Jesus. He is the son that was sent, and he would be called, amongst all those other names, he would be called Emmanuel, God, with us. Um, In your uh, translation, your Bible, it could be spelt I M M A N, or it could be spelt spelt beginning with an E. They both... uh, are the same identical words, just one is from a Hebrew um, translation, Old Testament, one's from the New Testament with the E, um, but they both point to the same, exactly the same word, which has the same meaning God with us. So I don't need to get tangled up about that. Is it I? Is it E? It's both. Um, and it means the same thing. But it was a world changer. The moment Jesus arrived, and this was declared, "God Emmanuel, God with us," this changed the whole world. So, two thousand years ago, but it's still resonating right now. It's changed everything. It changes the way we relate to God, our our relation, the kind of relationship that we have with God. It changes the way we walk with God. It changes everything, um, and the the best thing is it's available to whosoever. Old Testament, it it felt like it was exclusive. But here we are in the New Testament times, and it's for whoever. It doesn't matter what you've come from. It doesn't matter where your world is at right now. You can be facing all kinds of obstacles. The fact is, Jesus Emmanuel is an invitation to you, that God is with you. He can be with you, intimately, and not to point the finger at you, uh, not to show you what's wrong, but to be with you, to help you, to walk with you. I, I must confess, because I, I, as I've been thinking through this, I have probably from time to time fixated on you know, a certain miracle or a certain outcome that I wanted to see. A little bit like this young couple that were just contacted me then. They would have been, and they're a Christian couple, they're believing that God is going to bless them. And here they are, second time around, they're still unable to get together. The outcome is not what they prayed for. It's not what they were believing for. We can understand this. Some of you know our journey. It's actually 10 years ago now that we lost our daughter to cancer. So she'd only been just uh, married for a few months, then got the news. Now, we did see a lot of miracles, but how many of you know, if you're a parent, um, you're going to be believing for healing. Yeah. You're going to be believing for deliverance. You're going to be believing for covering and protection. Now, we saw miracles for the next five years, but she eventually went to, to be with the Lord, as I say, 10 years ago now, 2012. But looking back... You know, I can honestly say I am so glad that the greater miracle that God is with her is a reality in her life. So I'm not belittling any of the other miracles that we're praying for. But could I suggest this is not a time to hang on to a certain outcome and and to think that that's the way God's going to do it. Because sometimes it just doesn't work the way we think it's going to... Now turn to your neighbour and say, I think he might be speaking to me. Mm. I, I do just wonder if Emmanuel, as a personal experience, is possibly the greatest miracle of all. For you to carry that throughout your life no matter what you want, even greater than your provider. Again, we want his provision, greater than his as a healer, but he as Emmanuel, God, is with you. And as I said, I I think there have been times where I, uh, and I don't think I'm alone, to be honest, but I have really fixated on a certain outcome, but I've lost sight of the miracle worker in my pursuit of a miracle, and we can think of a certain way that we're believing for, but we can lose sight of the way maker. We have friends in ministry, not your pastors, but we have friends, (laughs) seriously. And and disillusionment can get into pastors because things did not go the way they thought. And so this applies to all of us. Um, Some of those, unfortunately, not attending church because they're so disillusioned that God didn't, do it the way that they thought he would and so again miracles happen but let's this morning really just look for just a couple of moments on the fact that God Emmanuel could be your greatest miracle that you're going to carry with you no matter what you walk through no matter where you go uh, I, I thought of a couple of the miracles you know, that did happen that were extraordinary, the, the wedding of Cana, the very first miracle that Jesus did, and I couldn't help but think, I wonder the next day, you know, where he turned the water into wine, and it would have been a ripper of a wedding, a fantastic night, and they all went home, and maybe some of them didn't remember a lot about it, you know, but they, they, this was a miracle. But I can't help but think, I wonder if a week on, there were some that just even forgot about that event. And then I thought of some other miracles. You think the feeding of the 5,000, they all got fed supernaturally. I wonder if they woke up, some of them, maybe just it wouldn't have been you, but just one or two that woke up the next day or even a week later and just got preoccupied with needing food again and and losing sight of the miracle worker. Um, Even the 10 lepers we read about in the New Testament. Jesus healed 10 lepers, an incurable disease at that time. And how many came back to bow before Jesus? Only one. And even Jesus, you could hear the compassion in his heart. Yes, I'm glad I healed you. But where are the other nine to come back and just acknowledge the fact that I want to be with you? It's about me being with you, not just... um, Purpose of a miracle then, I I think, is to reveal or confirm actually who he is and his nature. That's why he did miracles. And he also did it because of great compassion upon the hearts of people. But it was all about him, to reveal him to mankind. Um, Just a couple of moments, I want to look at Peter. We love Peter. You know Peter in the New Testament? We, we, We do love Peter, I think, because we identify with Peter. There's a little bit of Peter in every one of us, girls included, okay? I, I think there's a little bit of Peter because he was the off and on, he was the up and down, foot in mouth, you know, he, but we can all identify with him. And Peter actually witnessed miracle after miracle um, that often would involve boats and sometimes fish and sometimes storms. Obviously, he was a fisherman, so that's where he saw his miracles, but, you know, I've got a feeling that the miracles for Peter wasn't so much about boats and fish and storms. Uh, In fact, we're going to read just a few verses. If you can just bear with me here, John 21. And just, uh, I don't know where we've got up there, but John 21, this is now post-resurrection. So Peter has seen a lot. He's now, and this is only short time after the resurrection. So it's been the death of Uh, Jesus the resurrection and it's only a matter of a couple of weeks and so here is now Peter probably still processing a lot of what he had personally done his reactions weren't necessarily good so we're going to read here verse one later Jesus appeared again I love that word again anybody here need an again moment with God we do to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee, and this is how it happened, several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathanael, the sons of Zebedee, two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I can relate to this actually, he said, I'm going fishing. Can anyone hear just a a tad of disillusionment, maybe in the heart of Peter, saying, seen a lot, um, didn't quite go the way he thought, But Jesus has now come back and he's revealing himself to uh, these disciples again. But in the waiting, Peter says, I'm going fishing, which is what he used to do. Uh, And continuing on, verse 3, we'll come too. They said they probably felt the same. So they were out in the boat all night and caught nothing. At dawn, the disciples saw Jesus standing on the beach, but they couldn't see who he was. Verse 5, he called out, friends, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. And then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, which to a fisherman will never make sense. If fish is not there, it's not going to be just there. Okay? So it, it goes against our logic, some of the things that God does. But anyway, they did, which I think is powerful, that they... Responded, And they couldn't draw in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, which was John, who just happened to write this book, by the way, but said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, jumped into the water and swam ashore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 metres, it equates to offshore. When they got there, they saw a chuckle of fire was burning, fish were frying over it, and there was bread. Bring some of the fish you just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard, dragged the net to the shore. There were 150 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. 153 large fish. 153 large fish. That's unusual. Somebody counted the fish. My guess is that it was probably Peter. Somebody counted the fish, 150 large fish. Verse 12, now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. No one dared ask him if he was really the Lord because they were now sure of it. Then Jesus served them bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, now he's an encounter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Is it more than the fish, more than people? I think it was more than anything else. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know that I love you, then feed my lambs, Jesus said. He said this three times, verse 17. Once more, this is the third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was now grieved that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said again, then feed my sheep. Question, what is the real miracle here? What do you think is the real miracle here? Just give me one moment. I've always instantly and probably preached it. Well, of course, it's the miracle of the fish. 153 of them, to be precise. And they were large ones. I don't know how big, but they were large ones. Um, But what is the the real miracle that occurs here? Um, And why 153? Good question, Paul. Why 153? Some scholars have tried to calculate the significance of 153. In the reading I did of it, um, I couldn't find any real good answer to it. So I don't, I don't think there was any reason or rhyme to 153. It was just a lot of fish. Um, I mean, it could have fed them for 153 days, it could have fed 153 people, or it could have made them a bit of money. But here's the truth. The greater miracle for Peter was not a boat filled with fish. It was a personalised Emmanuel experience with Jesus. We know, and you know, some of you have had miracles happen, and you know that you can sort of fall back into a normal pattern of life. But an Emmanuel experience changed Peter forever, for, forever literally. It changed him. This was the, the turning. It wasn't about 153 fish, as good as that was, as wonderful as it was. Here's my conundrum, and you wouldn't relate to this, of course, because you're all godly saints, so you wouldn't have this problem. But I think sometimes I focus on the fish and lose sight of him. And problem with, and you, you know what I'm talking about, we focus on an outcome. It's going to happen this way, God. And there are times you have faith. Don't get me wrong. God's going to give you faith to believe for something specific. And we've seen that happen so often. But you never want to let the fish, the outcome, come in front of him. And that's been my problem. Again, I know you can't relate to this, but that has been probably a problem of focusing on the fish. And when we do that, then we get into the thing of we start to count the fish. Oh, So how many, how many miracles have you seen? Not that we would do it that blatantly, but we start to envy other people's lives because they may have good things happening in their life and they never seem to have troubles, trials. Um, And so we, we get this fixation again with the fish, which turns into a comparing, it can even turn into a judgmental spirit where we're looking at the wrong thing. Here, just a thought, Peter's success was not in a boat filled with fish. That's not what his success was all about. His success was in doing what Jesus told him to do. Now, just think about this. What if Jesus said, throw the net out the other side, and they caught one fish? Peter still would have walked away with an incredible life-transforming time because of this Emmanuel moment. There's got to be a point where he becomes more important than the fish that we're believing for. Amen? Yes. Or the things that we haven't seen happen that we're still holding on to. And keep holding on, but let's hold on to him. Amen? Maybe 2022. Look, this is global right now. We all know that. Um, but maybe it's a good time just to refocus again from the fish, from the outcomes, looking at it. And I watch the news too. Sun comes up from now. I don't know what it is with the younger generation. None of them seem to watch TV anymore. Mind you, they are on their phones a lot. It's, uh, but uh, but our old, us older generation, you know, we, we like to watch the news. It becomes a bit of a problem when you're watching it from 8 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. That's it. But we do like to keep up with things. But the, maybe it's time to take our eyes off. Some of the things that we're just looking at, and some of the things that are seeing, and so many debates, haven't I? have never seen so many, um, um, like brilliant people who are not trained in medicine, but all of a sudden, expert with opinion um, totally non political, but expert in how they might run the country. It's like it, this has been a very unusual time, but maybe underneath it all, or overarching it all, God is just wanting to get attention from people. Because some people are dying and they're Christians. Some people are believers and they're struggling and different. I've been in touch with a, a, a mate over in India. They're just seeing terrible things happen over there. But he's still believing God. And he's still seeing the miracle of God is with them. He's with them each and every. So if, if we can if we can do that, I'll just give you really quickly. I'll just give you um, four things that I think we'll... we'll begin to happen as we just have a personal um, Emmanuel experience with Jesus again firstly it'll give you peace within your storm it'll give you peace within your storm there's a key word there in I wish I could say that he gives you peace from every storm and some he will um, we read a little story in Matthew 8. We won't turn to it, but there, again, it's, guess who it is? Peter, in the boat, and he's in the, uh, this time he's in a storm. There's a terrible storm, the Bible says, uh, to the point where the boat is sinking. And you may know the story, and Jesus is where? Downstairs, and he's asleep. Uh, you ever felt like that, Jesus asleep, not really listening to what you're doing? Could I just remind you, the great thing here is that he was with them in the boat so even though they didn't see it, they didn't, didn't quite get it. But in verse 26, uh, Jesus asked them a really unusual question. And the timing of it is doubly unusual. Just give me one moment again. Turn to your neighbour and say, um, how are you going this morning? Good. I'm glad they're good. Um, this is an unusual question. So the storm is raging. And if it was me, if I was Jesus, and I'm definitely not, I I would have brought peace to the the storm, which he eventually did. I would have calmed the storm and then spoken to the disciples. But the fact that Jesus asked this question before he brought peace to the storm, to me says, the real issue here is not bringing peace to the storm. The real issue here is that you don't have a peace in your heart. And the disciples are probably thinking, I'm just reading into this, they're probably thinking, well, if you hadn't been downstairs asleep, we wouldn't be in this problem. And if you could just settle this storm, then we will have peace. But he asks them this question. While it's raging, they could probably barely hear him. There's the, the boat is under threat. And he says, why do you fear? In the middle of a pandemic, It'll be easy when we're on the other side of it to deal with fear. There'll be nothing to fear, hopefully. But it's in the middle of things. That's when Jesus wants to visit and really come alongside each one of us and remind us that he is with us. He is with us. And the moment that happened, he then spoke the word, and there was peace um, to the storm. So, Again, the greater miracle here, I think, is, is one of inner peace. Uh, if you're waiting for all your circumstances all to be perfect, the fact is none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow, even this afternoon. Um, now, that's not a doomsday approach to life, but it's, it, it, it raises the question, what are we depending on? And if God is with you, then you don't need to fear. You really don't need to fear. You can have extreme confidence in the fact that Jesus is in your boat. He's in your boat. Um, When he becomes our personal Emmanuel, he'll not only give you peace in your storm, but he'll give you courage for the battle. We see this time and time again. When you know that God is with you, uh, it's like the little boy that, you know, is maybe at school and he gets picked on. And uh, but next day he turns up and he's got his big brothers with him. Now, all of a sudden, that that little kid that was so timid and fearful, it's because of who was with him that changes everything. Uh, You don't need to sort of rally yourself and think, I can do this, I can be brave, I can be strong, I can forget about that. What about just knowing that Jesus is, is right along your side? That's what's going to give you courage. In whatever battle you may face in life. That is your miracle. People right now, they're facing uncertainty. There's probably the word over this whole globe right now, uncertainty, whether it's in health, finances, lost jobs, businesses, uh, all kinds of things. But your greatest miracle, I do believe, is God Emmanuel, that he is with you. I know I'm saying the same thing over and over and over again, but May it be that we just walk from here into this year just knowing God is with me. Uh, great, wonderful. We saw a miracle there, 153 fish. I give you praise for that. But God is with me. Maybe I threw the net out, was there all night, caught nothing, and still there was nothing. Guess what? Good news for you is he is with you. He is with you. You cannot lose when he is with you. Um, He'll give you strength for the, for the battle. Peter's success was never in the number of fish, but it was simply in following him. That was his success. Can we stop measuring by how many and how much and 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 what's happening and what's not happening? Can we stop comparing and, and stop counting and just come back to the reality? I don't know whether it's an Aussie thing or a Western thing or whether it's a just a human nature thing that we just want to know um, and we want to measure and we want to count and we would like to know we're doing all right. But wouldn't it be good if we could just come back to the reality of a simple relationship with him? In fact, interesting with Peter, between two miracles that I gave mention of, um, Peter would actually fail, fall, even deny Christ. He, he, had, he had extreme troubles between those miracles. And yet, Jesus looked him in the face and said, you know, Peter, upon this rock, upon people just like you, I'm going to build my church. Um, I don't know whether we would qualify, Peter, to sit on a board or, you know, pastor a church or, or whatever. Yeah, weren't you the one? It wasn't that long ago. You, you were, um, and yet Jesus is, is coming alongside. The last thing he'll ever do is to remind you of your failures. I think that comes from our... Uh, that our, our memories, and I think the enemy likes to get in and have a field day with what you've been through and what you've done and what could have happened, what should have, and all the other uh, would obs. Global pandemic may stop the church meeting, but it's never going to stop the church from being the church. It's never going to. It cannot. Nothing can. Jesus Emmanuel, he'll give you patience in the waiting. He'll give you peace in the storm. He'll he'll give you courage in your battle, but he'll give you, just as I begin to wrap up, he'll give you patience in the waiting. I know we all love patience. How many of you love patience? Um, We all suffer from it. Disciples were out there all night, it says. That was only one night, but that was a long time to them. Uh, None of us like waiting. I've been doing some relief teaching over the last few years. We've been in ministry for Thirty-something years—I've lost count—and um, and we came back from Tassie actually, and it was—it wasn't an easy time to be honest. Down there, it was a wonderful outcome, and we handed the church over. But we came back, and we thought we are—we, are, you know, we, sometimes you can go through a battle and win, but boy, you've got limbs missing, and you know there's there's blood on the wall, and it's like you need to to rest. And that—that that was sort of us, um, and so. Um, We we did come back. I've been doing some relief teaching. That's where I see Emily a bit down at Hillcrest. Um, She just seems to glide around Hillcrest, and uh, with such authority. I'm just a mere relief teacher, so I do as I'm told. And and um, but uh, the science uh, head of department, he actually walked in. You would know him. And. and he walked into the staff room, and there was no one else there. I was just there. And I just hear him starting to laugh. And uh, I said, what? What are you laughing about? And he said, I just found myself, a Christian man, he said, I found myself heating up my lunch and getting really angry at the microwave. And I was like, hurry up, hurry up. So like, we get so impatient about microwaves. Um, we get impatient when God doesn't do things when we think uh, in our timing. Uh, and so he'll give you patience in the waiting. I think it's, it's um, again, using the, those fish. You're probably going to hate fish after this message. But when your eyes on, on those fish, disappointment is inevitable. Because you're counting the wrong thing. You're measuring the wrong thing. You're looking at the wrong thing. Keep believing for them. Yes, and you're going to see boat fill. You're going to see many miracles. There's no doubt about that. But it's coming back to him. It's coming back to him. This is not complex, is it? But we all need to do it. I I just sort of think if I've needed to do this, then I'm I'm thinking that maybe others as well. We need peace in that storm. We need courage for the battle. We need patience in the waiting. And It may be the worship team you'd like to come and join. But the last one... Emmanuel, he'll give you a hope and a future. Now we probably know, maybe you've heard this scripture once or twice. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I find it interesting. They're both connected. But again, I think we can sometimes think of this in an earthly way. Great, I've got hope here on earth. I've got a future here on earth. But I just wonder whether God has a little bit more of an eternal um, thinking when he puts this out as a promise. That Jesus Emmanuel, God with you, gives you hope and a future eternally. You don't need to worry about life after death when you know Jesus Emmanuel. In fact, I can honestly say, even concerning our daughter, and we've had other, it was only recently, Lynn lost her dad only the week before Christmas. Um, and, and there are people facing things all around the globe. But I can honestly say, in the midst of it all, even, even more than a healing or a breakthrough or, is to know that God is with them and God is with you. And if you've lost a loved one this morning... And even if you're wondering, I don't even know whether they knew God. Just entrust them into God's keeping and care. There are things that you don't know. And never assume that God didn't break into their life in some way. You just can't, you just can't live with, with that fear or that sense of loss. Because you're going to see them again. I do believe it. Can I just... Uh, close by maybe praying I guess we could all come out the front here but I'm not going to get you to do that but I would love to just pray for you and for 2022 I still find that hard to say it's all come so quickly may may this year be a year where we just really rediscover Jesus Emmanuel God is with you God is with you. Can you personalize that? Can I ask you? It's one thing to say God is with us. Yeah, we know that. But what about God is with you? Even as you're maybe just bowing right now, you just close your eyes. Maybe this is an opportunity for you just to say, Jesus, Jesus, I, I thank you that you can be with me from this day on never to be alone again. For believers here, you've been walking with God. Maybe you've been counting fish or looking at the outcomes. You got a little bit discouraged. But this is a good morning for you as well. Just to come back and say, Jesus, that is my greatest miracle of all. Emmanuel, you are with me. Lord, I just pray for every single one of us this morning that we wouldn't be fearful, We wouldn't wait for the storm to subside before we can find our confidence in you. But may we just have a new level of peace, a new level of courage for those that are facing a battle, a new level of patience if we're in the waiting. But we do thank you for the future and the hope that we have in you. And so I pray your blessing over every single person here, every family represented, neighbours of of uh, these dear people. We think of Pastor Byron and Anne. We lift them up to you. We just pray, cover them. May God, Emmanuel, be with them in a beautiful way. For every single one here, I commit them to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.